0: Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. The Spirit and the bride say, Come, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, I think maybe that's your your spirit in the bride. And in the Old Testament, I know that the pronoun for spirit is a feminine pronoun. So. God, I don't understand exactly how all that works, but uh, it's by your spirit that we say to you, Lord Jesus, come and speak to us and fill us. Um, Come, Lord Jesus, come word of God and be glorified in this place. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray, amen. So, uh, happy Mother's Day. I looked at the calendar a few weeks ago, and realized that I'd be preaching on Mother's Day, and I thought, oh man, no. It's not that I don't like mothers. One actually gave birth to me who's sitting down in the foyer because she's coughing, and I married one. I, I I like mothers. They're both wonderful. It's just that I don't know what to say on Mother's Day. And no matter what I do say, uh, someone will probably feel bad about what I say and that I said it. So I Googled Happy Mother's Day images and I found this. If you go to a card shop, you'll find tons of stuff like this on the rack. Happy Mother's Day, M is for the million things she gave me. That's good. O means only that she's growing old. It's kind of creepy. T is for the tears she shed to save me. That's borderline idolatry. H is for her heart of purest gold. E is for her eyes with love light shining. R means right, and right she'll always be. I'd add two more letters, E and D. E for extremely and D for disturbing. Extremely disturbing. Like I said, I love my mom, but have you ever met a mom that's always right? Kind of disturbing, huh? I mean, we read the schlock and we say the schlock on Mother's Day, but if you believe this sh- schlock, you are what the Bible would call an idolater. Don't misunderstand me. Your mom's awesome, okay? Your mom is awesome. She is awesome, but she's not always Right. And, and, and would you make your mom the Savior? I mean, that's a lot of pressure on a mom to be the Savior and the Creator. We say things like mothers make babies, but it's a lot of pressure to be the Maker, the Creator, and the Savior of all babies. That's, that's all humanity. But, but on Mother's Day, at florist shops, gift shops, card shops, that's what we seem to say. Worship your mother and do it with the card that we sell you for only $6.95. So we say it at card shops. And sometimes we say it at, at church. And so some women feel proud. And some women feel like absolute failures. Don't get me wrong, be grateful for your mom, but don't worship your mom. You'll end up killing your mom, and you will be what the Bible would call an idolater. So, happy Mother's Day. (laughs) I googled Mother's Day and found this little video from the History Channel. The ancient Greeks were among the first to pay tribute to mom, sort of. Their spring festival honored Rhea, the mother of all Greek gods. That holiday didn't pan out. But the modern era Mother's Day was created by Anna Marie Jarvis. Anna admired her mother, who attended to the wounded during America's Civil War. After a fierce letter-writing campaign, Anna got Congress to federally recognize the holiday. And in 1914, President Wilson signed a bill that officially made the second Sunday in May, Mother's Day. By 1924, The holiday creator was so appalled with the commercialization of Mother's Day that she petitioned to abolish it. In 1930, Anna was arrested for disturbing the peace at a Mother's Day carnation sale. She is Anna Marie Ferris. She died 18 years later in 1948, having spent the rest of her life and her family's entire fortune uh, fighting uh, Congress to abolish Mother's Day, which she did not succeed in doing, and then she died without children. See, it's hard to know exactly what to say on Mother's Day because it's been commercialized and it's been turned into idolatry, for profit, kind of like religion. And it's also hard to know what to say on Mother's Day because it interfects intersex or interfex, whatever, uh, women in so many painful, painful ways, particularly women, because it's not like you can just decide to be a mother or not a mother if you already are a mother. Some of you are like Anna Marie Jarvis. Maybe you want to be a mother and you can't be a mother. Or maybe you are a mother with a broken heart. Maybe your child broke your heart. Or or maybe you broke your child's heart. Maybe you're a mother and don't want to be a mother because the pain is just becoming too much to bear. So happy Mother's Day. It's hard to know what to say on Mother's Day. So it's worth asking, what does the Bible say on Mother's Day? A while back, someone told me about a particular church on a particular Mother's Day Sunday, where a volunteer got up to read the, uh, the particular text for that particular Sunday uh, that went before the pastor pre- preached his, his sermon on that particular text on Mother's Day Sunday. Uh, the volunteer was supposed to read 2 Timothy 1, 4 through 5. It goes like this. Paul writes, As I remember your tears, Timothy, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. And that's a great Mother's Day text, right? But instead of reading 2 Timothy 1, 4 through 5, they read 1 Timothy 2, 14 through 15. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. That's a more challenging Mother's Day text. Anything? I mean, at first, at first glance, the Bible doesn't seem to help all that much with Mother's Day. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and and love. What an utterly bizarre Bible verse with such atrocious grammar. How is the woman saved through childbearing? And how can woman, singular, become they, plural, all, all in one sentence? It's verses like that that have led people to say the Bible is sexist. And St. Paul was a misogynist. Well, if by sexist you mean that male and female are different, yeah, the Bible may be a little bit sexist. Uh, but if you think St. Paul hated women, I, I think maybe you're wrong. It was Paul who wrote, there in Christ there is neither male nor female. Neither male nor female in Christ. And yet in this world, just looking around the room, there is male and Female. And according to St. Paul, it's supposed to teach us something about God, Genesis 1, So God created Adam, man, means man, God created Adam in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them in His image. And yeah, it's true that according to, to Genesis, Eve was deceived. And it's true that Adam took the fruit because Eve took the fruit first. Eve messed up. But then God said this. He said the seed of the woman, more literally translated, the sperm of the woman. That's a little weird, but this is what he said. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the snake. Eve means mother of the living. Well, that's the start of the Bible. At the end of the Bible, in the Revelation, John has a vision of of a woman and she's clothed in the sun and under her feet is the moon and on her head is a crown with 12 stars. In anguish to deliver, anguish, she gives birth to Jesus. And the great red dragon that is the snake and is Satan falls to the earth and makes war on the woman and the rest of her offspring who appear to be... Us, those who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus, those who do the will of God. This is crazy. So for now, I I just hope you realize that the biblical view of women is a little different than the modern American view of women. And the biblical view of motherhood is very different than that of the Hallmark Corporation. In places... The Bible does seem to point to like a failure in the woman. And yet, in this utterly fascinating way, everything happens through the woman, including the man. In fact, Jesus happens through the woman. So, so, so who is this woman? Who is the mother of Jesus and us? Well, Jesus tells us but we just really struggle to believe it. Mark chapter 3, amazing chapter. Jesus heals people, he casts out demons, he appoints the twelve, and then in verse 20 we read this. Then he went home to mama. And the crowd gathered again so that they, could not even, they couldn't even eat. And, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, he's out of his mind. So Jesus' family plans an intervention because they think Jesus is just bat nuts, okay? Verse 31, and his mother and his brothers, they came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside, they're looking for you, Jesus. And he answered them, who are my mother and my brothers? And someone cried out, Jesus, it's your mom, be nice. H is for heart of pure gold, E is for eyes with love light shining, R is for right, Uh, right shall always be. (sighs) Jesus, come on. Now, we don't actually know that anybody said that, but I bet someone thought it, okay? Jesus said, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever does the will of God is, he didn't say like, he said is my brother and my sister and my mother. If, if, you, if, you, if you're a brother or sister of Jesus, then I would think you have the same mother as Jesus, but you also are that mother of Jesus. And Jesus said, my brother and my sister and my mother. Do, do the math on that. I think if, if you are the mother of Jesus, you are the mother of his brothers and sisters and kind of like the mother of yourself or a new self. But this is, okay, that's too much to think about. This, think about this. This is most shocking. According to Jesus, you are the mother of Jesus, his mother. Not like a mother of Jesus, you are the mother of Jesus. And wow, that's just like super hard to believe. (laughs) But if it's true, well, that explains a lot. Number one, it explains our confusion on Mother's Day. For whoever does the will of God is a mother. Number two, it explains the Bible's weird view of women. We are all the woman. Number three, it explains why doing the will of God is such a strange, confusing, painful, humiliating, (laughs) and absolutely wonderful thing. Now, most of us know this, what I just told you, but we don't really believe this. And I think that's why we get so worked up over Scripture on this topic and the words of St. Paul. I don't think Paul hated women. In fact, he refers to himself as a woman. In Galatians, he says, I am again in pains of labor mm, until Christ be formed in you, which sounds like they're going to have labor pains too. In Ephesians, he writes that God made Adam male and female as a reference to Christ and the church. In fact, he calls Jesus the eschatos Adam, the eschatos man, eschatos Adam. So, So when he writes Adam was not deceived, he doesn't mean that men are not deceived. Paul writes endlessly about the fact that all men are deceived. All men have been deceived, except for one man. And that's Jesus, the eschatos Adam. So Eve is us. The harlot who becomes the bride of Christ. Christ, who is the eschatos man, the eschatos Adam. Because we were deceived and took the fruit, Jesus, the eschatos Adam, who, who was not deceived also took the fruit, for he would not leave us nor forsake us. In the words of St. Paul, he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. We receive his righteousness when we, rescind, when we surrender to his love by grace through faith. He gives us His very Spirit, and we bear the fruit of His Spirit, that fruit which is His very own life. We are the woman. And we're saved by giving birth to the Christ. And the Christ destroys the works of the evil one. Like God said in Genesis 3, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the snake. We're the woman clothed in the sun with the moon under her feet and 12 stars in the crown upon her head, the bride of Christ and mother of Christ. So Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ, and then Jesus Christ said, the one who does the will of God is my mother. I know that sounds crazy. And I know you may be sitting there this morning already planning an intervention for me. But I didn't say it. (laughs) Jesus said it. And if it's true, it explains a lot. Number one, why Mother's Day is so confusing. Number two, the weird things the Bible says about women. And number three, it explains why doing the will of God is such a strange, confusing, painful, humiliating, and wonderful thing. Jesus said, the one who does the will of God is my mother. (sighs) So what is the will of God? And how do we do it? Well, I think we all assume that the will of God is like a list, right? Maybe written on stone. And so we read the list, take knowledge of God's will, And then we choose to do God's will. In in other words, we will to do what God has willed. And yet there's a major problem with that. If doing God's will is me willing what God has willed, then I'm not doing God's will. Let me say it again. Okay, so you need to think. If I think doing God's will is me, willing what God has willed, then I'm not doing God's will. I'm imitating God's will with my will, which is not doing God's will. And I think that's what most folks think Christianity is. That's what religion is. Taking knowledge of God's will, then trying really, really, really hard to imitate God's will. That's also what some people think motherhood is. That it's taking knowledge of motherhood and then trying really, really, really hard to be a mother. H is for heart of gold. I is for eyes with love light shining. R is for right, i got to always be right. Well, that's not what makes you a mother. And trying really hard won't make you do God's will. It'll just make you idolize your own will, yourself. So what is God's will? Well, the law describes God's will like a greeting card, might describe a good mother. The law describes God's will, but it's not the same as God's will. In other words, you can fake God's will with your own will. John 1.13, Scripture says that believers are born not of the will of man, but of the will of God. That means my will doesn't create God's will, but God's will creates me and a goodwill within me. In John 6, Jesus says that doing the work of the Father, or doing the work of God, is believing or faith. In Galatians 3, Paul teaches that faith came to us as Christ came to us. In Galatians 5, he says that the only thing that counts, the only thing that counts is faith, working through love. In Galatians 6, he calls that a new creation. So, faith in us is Christ in us, which is the new creation in us, like a baby, the will of God in us. Think about it. Isn't the will of God the Word of God? And didn't his word become flesh and dwelt dwelt among, his name is Jesus. Jesus said this, listen closely, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom, but the one who does, that's what we're talking about, the one who does the will of my Father in heaven, the one who does the will. And then he said, many will say to me, did we not do many mighty works in your name? And I will say to them, I never knew you. As if, they had only uh, been known by him, they would do his will. You know, when a man knows a woman in the Bible, the woman gets pregnant with the life of that man and sometimes gives birth to the life of that man. She's impregnated by his seed, and Jesus referred to the word of God as seed or think of it this way the law is summed up in one word right that word is is love according to scripture god is love so real love is is god and the word of love in flesh is class word of love in flesh is jesus correct lynn jesus or think of it this way jesus said i have not come to abolish the law i have come to fulfill or fully fill the law the law describes jesus But Jesus is. Jesus! Yeah, Jesus is is Jesus. Good. Your will does not create Jesus. But Jesus does create your will by impregnating you with his life, God's word, the promised seed. Jesus is God's will. And that means doing God's will. It's not like reading directions in a book and then choosing to follow those directions. If that were the case, you could make God's will work for you, (laughs) but you can't. God's will doesn't work for you. God's will works you (laughs) like my will works my body. So doing God's will is not like reading directions and choosing to follow those directions. Doing God's will is giving birth to Jesus. And so Jesus meant it when He said it, the one who does the will of God is my mother. And we seem to have forgotten what it is that makes a mother. And so this past week, when I thought, oh no, geez, what? God, I gotta preach on Mother's Day, I felt like God kept saying to me, Peter, you've forgotten what it is that makes a mother. Descriptions of the perfect mother cannot turn a woman into a mother. So this, this does not make a mother. And this is not what it looks like to do God's will. This is what it looks like to do God's will. Who oh, is the epidural, okay? Give me the give epidural. To, give her the epidural, okay? Give it to her now. Okay, Allison, we pass the point of an epidural, okay? The cervix is fully dilated. No, seriously, I want an epidural. I know there's time. We can't give you the epidural. Take the time. I, I'll make sure it doesn't come out. I'll, I'll stop pushing. We I'll have stop. time. Oh, just please, do it, please, please. please. I'm sorry. We have no time. We're gonna just have to do this the all natural way, okay? The way you wanted to do it. Okay, ready? Okay. Here comes another contraction. Okay, I want you to push. Okay, ready? Oh, feel Good. everything! Oh my God, it's happening! Okay, may- maybe we can take it down just a little. I think you're going to scare the other pregnant women. Dude, you f- are you kidding me! Okay. Are, you kidding me? Okay. are you kidding me?! Jesus. Oh. This is messed up. Something's wrong in there. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I mean, granted, gynecology is only a hobby of mine, but it sounds to me like she's crowning. Is that right, Deb? Yeah, that's what it sounds like for everyone. Everyone goes through this. Oh, I, I disagree with you. That sounds terrible. Uh, I'm going to go sneak a peek, see if there's anything I can do. <laughs> okay, it's crowning. I'm seeing the head. Oh, God. Oh God. Okay, we're almost home. One, two. Get in here. Get out! Oh no! you all right, buddy? I'm sick. What do you look like? I shouldn't have gone in there. Don't go in there. Promise me you don't go in there. Push one, two, three. You pass the shoulders. One more big push. Good. I love you so much, dude. So, Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> to you, just sitting here, listening to the word. That's what it looks like to do the will of God. And, and that explains a lot. Th- there's no way I can elucidate all the implications, but I'd like to just name a few, okay? Implications of doing the will of God, Mark three thirty-five. For one, you don't have to be good to be a mother. The name of that movie is Knocked Up. She got knocked up before she chose to be married. You know, you may do the will of God before you have committed your life to Christ, but you will not do the will of God before Christ has committed His life to you. He did that on the cross and at the foundation of of the world. He wed Himself to you in an eternal covenant. So I'm just saying, you don't have to be good to become a mother. One look at Jesus' family tree will tell you that. Four women are listed in his family tree. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. So the the list includes Gentiles, prostitutes, even an incestuous cult prostitute, and an accessory to murder. You don't have to be good to be a mother. But becoming a mother just might make you good. At first, it, it may seem easy. In other words, it's easy to get pregnant with a child. It's also easy to conceive of the Word of God. And and please note, that is how, technically, that is how you become a mother. People ask, How do I do the will of God? Well, in Mark 3, Jesus points out a group of people that are doing the will of God, for he says, These people, these people here, are my mother. These people are the crowd just sitting around. They're just sitting around listening to the Word. That's it! They're like broken, dirty ground, and his word is seed, like seed. They've done nothing more than just surrender to like a moment of passion. They just had a thought. Like, hey, I, I kinda like this Jesus guy. I think I'll give him a listen. And the thought is like a seed. It will grow into a king and an entire kingdom. At first, it may seem easy, or it may seem impossibly hard. I mean, you can't just decide to get pregnant. You can't just decide to do the will of God. You can't simply will God's will on your own. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. The will of God is not your decision. However, it is God's decision in you. So sorry to sound crass, but you cannot do God's will until you've been done by God's will. In other words, we love. Isn't that doing God's will? We love because He first loved us. God's will may seem easy at first, but there will come a time when it will seem impossible. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. At first, that may sound easy, but oh, get a good look at it, and you'll think, that's impossible. That's impossible. Imagine how it sounded at first to Adam. Adam, yes. Be fruitful and multiply sure. How do I do that? You grow a person inside your very own body, and then you push that person out into the world through a hole between your legs. That's impossible. That's just insane. And some of you may be at that place right now because that's your prayer. Your prayer is, God, this is impossible. It was easy at first. I really was attracted to you, God. I wanted to follow you, God. But this is impossible. It's insane. Impossible. Impossible for you. But not impossible for God. So at first, the will of God may seem easy and even downright enjoyable, but at some point, it will get dreadfully confusing and you will think something's wrong. <sighs> this, can't, this can't be right. I'm feeling nauseous and I'm, I'm feeling sick. My emotions are just all over the map. <laughs> and I'm getting fat. Just, this can't be right, something must be wrong. And you'll get confused. You'll get confused, and and it will hurt. Your back will ache. Your head will hurt. You will get tired, and you will think something's wrong. But everything's right. But imagine if you thought that doing the will of God was like reading directions in a book and then just following those directions. Imagine if you thought it was like taking knowledge of the good and then just willing the good. Imagine if you didn't know that doing the will of God was actually giving birth to the life of God in this world. I knew a, a young husband. He worked at the gas station near my house years ago, and he thought that his wife was dying. So they rushed her to the hospital, and it turned out that she was giving birth. Well, that explains a lot. (laughs) Uh, The nausea, the sickness, the unexplained weight gain, and in the very place uh, they they expected death, they discovered life. Well, doing the will of God may, may be easy and enjoyable at first, but then it gets very confusing and painful. You may think it was a bad decision to do the will of God. You may even try to go back on the decision, but it's too late. The will of God will happen. Ephesians 1.11, God accomplishes all things according to the counsel of His will. It's too late. You already prayed, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, and it's coming. I love how uh, Catherine Hegel says, I won't push, I won't push, I won't push, but it's too late. She's going to have to push. She's being worked by the will of God. Push, rest, push, rest, rest, labor, rest, labor, labor, rest. That's like the Christian life, and it will happen. God's will must happen, for God has willed that you would do His will. Paul writes to the Philippians in the midst of their suffering, and he says this, it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. So work out your salvation. The will of God is not the result of your works, but the will of God will work you. Just like a child is not the work of human flesh, but a child will work your human flesh. Mothers actually don't make babies. God does. And yet God does use babies to make mothers. When each of our, our kids were born, it, it became immediately obvious to Susan and to me, this baby is a miracle. I, I, I did not make this miracle, but I got a feeling this miracle is making me. The will of God makes you. The will of God makes you, but first it feels like it's going to kill you. The will of God will humiliate you. I've seen it four times. The first time I watched my wife give give birth, I I was in shock. I had never, ever seen a person in that much anguish and pain. It it was absolute anguish. I mean, her body was literally broken, body broken, bloodshed, and I thought she might die, and it was humiliating. It it was not pretty. It was not pretty what I saw that day. It was not pretty. It was humiliating. You will never, ever see what I saw. You will never, ever see what I saw on the cover of a Hallmark card. And yet it was exactly what it means to be a mother. Anguish. Confusion. Pain. Body broken. Bloodshed and a miracle. The first thing my wife said when she looked at my son was, oh, I want another one. (laughs) The will of God is hard labor, but you will love the will of God. A mother loves her child because that child has passed through her very own body. And even if you adopt a child, that that that, that child will pass through your body, pass through your blood, your sweat, your your tears, and you will love that child. You will not not be proud. You'll be grateful. Long ago, we wanted to know the will of God and we thought it was like taking knowledge from a book or fruit hanging from some tree that we could take and then be proud that we had taken it. We wanted to know the will of God, but the will of God chooses to know us and cause us to give birth to Him, feel everything, and be grateful. You will love the will of God because you give birth to the will of God. And like mothers, you will give birth as long as you live. Mothers give life to their children as long as they live. And and so mothers, more than anyone else in this world, uh, mothers are more likely than anyone else in this world to love their children unconditionally. I, I mean, a mother will keep loving her child even when, especially when, the whole world rejects her child. She'll keep loving her child. So you will love the will of God, even when he's beaten, broken, and powerless. You will love the will of God, even though an entire world hates the will of God. You will love the will of God, even when he's burdened with sin and crucified in shame. You will love the will of God, because you are his mother. And this is what it means to be a mother. Happy Mother's Day to you who are just sitting here listening to the word. Happy Mother's Day. I have some female friends who want to be mothers and think they can't be mothers. Some are married, some are single. I was talking to one a few weeks ago right down here after church, and she shared a little of her sorrow with me. She said something like this, Peter, I don't know what God is doing. I don't know if I'll ever be married. I don't know if I'll ever have children, but I'll keep trusting Him because what else can I do? That's called faith, and faith is the will of God. Faith in you is The fruit of God's Spirit in you and and faith from you is Jesus born of you, taking on flesh in this world. People think faith is like an illusion, but, but faith is more solid than the mountains, and one day we'll see it. We will see Him. So to my friend who thinks she can't have children, but she does have faith and speaks faith into others, to you I'm saying, happy Mother's Day. This week I had coffee with a a middle-aged friend, a, a male friend. In the last few years, he's been through hell. I didn't realize how hard it had been. He shared with me his physical disabilities and even some mental disabilities and how he's cried out to God, weeping in pain and in anguish. And then he shared how he's grateful. And now I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like this, Peter, I've learned to love like I never loved before. Well, love is not his decision. Actually, he is giving birth to God's decision. And now some of you may think that's a metaphor. That's not a metaphor. If anything's a metaphor, giving birth to babies is a metaphor for giving birth to love because nothing is more solid. Nothing is more real than love. God is love. And so real love is God. So when you love, you give birth to God in flesh. To Jesus, so to, to my middle-aged friend who's suffered so much but is so grateful for the opportunity to love, to you I say, happy Mother's Day. And to you who have actually given birth to physical babies, I say, happy Mother's Day. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God, for what you are doing in these women. Thank you, because you are the ones who show all of us who we truly are. We are the bride of Christ, giving birth to the body of Christ, an absolutely strange, confusing, painful, humiliating, and wonderful thing. So to all of you, I say, Happy Mother's Day. I don't care if you think you're a bad mother. And believe me, I know, trust me, I know, not because of my mom, but because of some experiences with with people. I know how bad mothers can be. Your badness is not stronger than God's goodness. So, happy Mother's Day. I don't care if you've been a bad mother or a good mother. I don't care if you're 15 or 95. I don't care if you're male or female. Happy Mother's Day because you are the mother of Jesus. And if you say to me, well, Peter, how do you know that I am the mother of Jesus? Because you do the will of God. Well, how do you know that I do the will of God? Because you're just sitting here listening to the Word. And that's how you get pregnant. You surrender to a moment of passion. (laughs) And this is the, the passion. He took bread. The Word of God took bread and he broke it saying, this is my body given to you. Take and eat. And in the same manner, after supper and having give thanks, he took the cup and he said, "This cup is the covenant. It's the eternal covenant, which is always new. This cup is the covenant in my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, drink of it, all of you." And so, this is your bridegroom. This is the sanctuary of the covenant. And this is the eternal seed. And there's one other implication to Mark uh, chapter 3. You will love the will of God and the will of God will save you. You will be saved through childbearing. Happy Mother's Day. Dark cup is wine, light cup is juice. They're both the will of God. Let's worship. So close your eyes. I have a question. Did you you surrender to a moment of passion in the sanctuary of the eternal covenant? Maybe it was just like with a mustard seed of faith. But that's enough. The devil has lost his game. And now let me ask you something else. Do you ever feel confused? Do you ever just feel like nausea deep down in your gut? And you think, this, this this must be wrong. At, at that moment, I think there is a voice that will sometimes speak to you and speaks to me. And it, and it, says, it says something like this to me. Um, Peter, that's because God hates you. And you're going to die. And that's the end of the story. If you hear that voice, that's the voice of the accuser. That's the voice of the snake. And, and you see, why is he speaking that to you? Because he knows that what you're giving birth to will crush his head. But there's another voice, a word that God speaks into my heart at times and moments like that in the midst of the confusion and the anguish. And the voice is something like this, Peter. What you think is so wrong is what's so right. You're giving birth to me. Can you think of a better way that I could get you to like me? Look how much your wife likes your kids. Isn't that weird? Look how much your mom likes you. That's really weird. Well, I'm going to get you to love me. You're my mother. Now, if you think to yourself, oh, I can't be, I'm a bad mother, I'm a bad mother. I can't, I can't be the mother of of Jesus. Well, who are you to argue with the word of God? You were sitting here this morning. You heard the word. You surrendered to a moment of passion. God accomplishes all things according to the counsel of his will. And he said, these people sitting here, they are my mother. You don't make yourself a good mother. Jesus makes you his mother, and that makes you good. Believe the gospel in Jesus' name, amen. So happy Mother's Day, amen? Amen.